That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. This is what happens when you get involved in the crime and trauma scene cleanup industry. This stuff follows you. Welcome to Stand Up Speak Up, a special Halloween edition. Our guest today is Christian Kadia of Crime and Trauma Scene Cleaners. It's a tough job, but somebody's got to do it. When tragedy strikes, Christian and his team are called out to handle the cleanup. And with crews across Canada, there's nothing they haven't seen and nothing that they're afraid of. In a future episode, Christian will tell us more about that work. But today, we're focusing on the after effects. The paranormal. Christian's new project, Paranormal Contractors, uses what he claims to be a 100% effective method for removing unwanted entities from anywhere, including former crime scenes. And a bizarre exorcism experience gave him further confidence that his practices work. He'll also share with us a never-before-seen video of floating orbs, which Christian claims followed him home from work. In the first part of this conversation, Carlos speaks with Christian about the scenes his company deals with during the Halloween season, occults, satanic rituals, and more. Some content may be disturbing. For us, being in the industry that we're in, we certainly have... I can't necessarily say that there is... Uh, a huge influx on self-inflictions. However, there is always the people who are, for example, involved in occult rituals uh, or heavily involved in the occult. And to whatever capacity that is, there are times where they will use abandoned homes or warehouses or areas in a forest or places that uh, they want to practice certain rituals or ceremonies. Yes, absolutely. Uh, we are called uh, in order to properly and thoroughly uh, decontaminate and uh, disinfect the area and make it safe and rehabitable, uh, so can be reoccupied by both humans and pets. So in and around this time of the year, there there is uh, more of an influx of these types of calls that come in. Okay, let's talk about the, the occult and, and Halloween. And, and let's say that this is a celebratory holiday for some people with your experience with occults in general okay what would you say most concerns you about what they practice and what do you think they practice that is something that we can learn from the term occult means to me personally uh, it's a very broad statement but it has how it affects us directly or or its involvement in our particular industry what we see is anytime there is something which is vandalized or defaced or uh, where bodily fluids are released into an environment where an, an environment becomes unfit, unsafe, and becomes an immediate threat to public health. You're basically talking about when they sacrifice dogs or cats. Like, what do they sacrifice most? What's the animal of choice for the occult? As you said, you know, dogs, cats, certainly goats, 
sheep. There are different types of animals which are used for uh, different types of practices. Again, I don't know every single ritual. That's not what I do. That's not my specialty. However, different animals certainly are used for different types of ceremonies. And when you get involved in, in higher levels of these types of organizations, there are times where um, fetuses are, in fact, uh, after an individual gives birth, where a fetus is, in fact, uh, killed and sacrificed for whatever reason, for whatever, whatever the ceremony is called. I, I don't know, uh, but I, have, I do know that um, based on uh, my research and personal experience that these types of uh, uh, practices and rituals do take place. This is factual, and you can look this up. I mean, there's a lot of people who will talk about this. Human fetuses or... Yeah, when it comes to humans, to human fetus, what they'll do, though, I mean, depending on if we're talking about saintness, if we're talking about satanic worship. All right, let's talk about satanic worship. So you've got satanic worship. You have individuals that are heavily involved in this. Certain practices, sometimes they will um, have an individual become, they will impregnate somebody, not register the pregnancy, have that person give birth, have that lady give birth to the child and uh, to the fetus, and then they, they, they take the infant and put on a sacrificial altar and they will kill it in honor of so-and-so uh, to commemorate Satan or other demons or whatnot that are associated with this particular ritual and in order to appease them. This is a pagan practice which has been going on for uh, a very long time and it still goes on today. Do you think you've ever been to a cleanup site where that could have happened? I mean, have you ever, I guess you would never have proof of that. When it comes to these types of scenarios and and these types of situations where a human fetus is is involved, it's not that easy where you would stumble across something like this, even if I had my suspicion, unless I want to be found face down Lake Ontario, I would certainly be very cautious on who I mentioned this to if I was working at, at a scene. But I like to think of myself as being the uh, above average uh, intellectual and, and I have a very calculated mind. I can certainly piece things together. And I believe that, uh, yes, we have been in situations and circumstances under very specific circumstances over the years that I would say that this particular area or the scene that we are working at, there have been human fetuses sacrificed in as well as uh, different animals and, uh, and whatnot. Now, certainly I didn't go and take any DNA samples or soil samples if it was out in the woods or any type of samples for, for that matter. But uh, based on uh, my knowledge of these types of practices, I'm going to have to say that, yeah, there's no reason why this wouldn't have occurred. I mean, if animals were brought into it, and then there's no reason why they haven't taken that extra step. And at a certain time, at a certain point, uh, where possibly a human fetus was uh, also uh, sacrificed for ritualistic purposes. Do you feel like your work is any busier on Halloween than any other day? And has there ever been um, a Halloween experience you've had in all your career that's creeped you out? Like something that, some scene you've got, something that just made you go, whoa, that's scary. I don't want to be here. I'll definitely say leading up to Halloween and after Halloween, we are busy. Are we busier than other times of the year? Uh, we're close. I, I would definitely say it, it's, it's up there. It's up there. But the types of cleanups are messier. 
there are more bodily fluids uh, involved. There are there are more staining uh, with uh, blood splatter on on walls, certainly uh, on furniture. So what I'm saying is that the visual graphic, uh, from a visual graphic standpoint, Halloween and everything surrounding Halloween, the weeks building up to it, the weeks after it, it it's much more visually intense than the holidays. The weirdness of these types of cases and files, absolutely. They're absolutely weird. There's been times where, uh, I got to be careful what I say here, but uh, a mother and daughter practicing Wiccans, they, uh, they killed each other simultaneously with shotguns right around Halloween. Wow. Okay. Did that happen in Canada? Okay. I can, I can tell you that it happened and it's, uh, let's just say it's a lot closer than you think. I would say this mother and daughter were practicing, uh, they're practicing Wiccans and they were writing in their journals leading up to this particular day, how they were going to do it. And they systematically planned everything. And it was a, I guess, homicide, suicide of a double nature. And I, I have to be so careful what I say here because uh, it's a privacy issue. Would they be doing that to support Satan? What was the purpose of that? Are they? Do they want to go to a, another afterlife? Like possibly, possibly. Uh, what, what's the benefit of individuals wanting to do that? I, I don't know. Uh, perhaps maybe they, um, you know, they were instructed to do it by the group that they were in. I, maybe they felt guilty. Maybe. Uh, the neurotransmitters in their brain caused them to think something else. And I, I, I couldn't tell you, Carla, but it certainly is uh, quite interesting. And it was uh, a really interesting. It was a bizarre tale. It, it was a bizarre cleanup. It was a bizarre situation. And it's um, these individuals were extremely active uh, within uh, the Wiccan society and uh, extremely active within um, ritualistic uh, practices as well. And that is something which just goes to show you that uh, that takes place in and around this time of the year. And it's a celebratory time for certain occult uh, divisions, whether it's Wiccan or whether it's uh, Satanism. Uh, But yes, there are very, very weird types of things that take place. And people, uh, they use Halloween, of course, as an excuse or perhaps Halloween is a holy day for them. It's uh, their holiday, and they want to use that to go out and uh, practice whatever they believe in. What environment creates the most paranormal experiences? Is it death scenes? Is it natural death scenes? Is it murder scenes? Is it creepy old asylums? You know, like, where where's the best place to go hunting this paranormal feelings? Everyone has their own opinion on this. Again, from my opinion, it's definitely going to be where there has been a high level of uh, a high level of drama. That drama equates to energy. That drama equates to energy, which then leads to uh, a potential for a a haunting or a paranormal experience because uh, something uh, happened there. A human life was taken there. Something bad happened there. Something good happened there. Whichever the case may be, but uh, a death scene, whether it was self-infliction or whether it was a homicide or whether it was a natural death, let's say you know a, a, a senior citizen wanted to die in the comfort of their bed in their home. You know what? 
that's I think you know, if that's what they chose, that's the way they wanted to go. God bless them, and I, I think that's wonderful. Um, not every situation certainly is bad. However, um, I, I think certainly the ones that are and have the bad effects or, or affiliate or connected to um, something that was ne- something that was negative, something that was not good, they definitely have the ability to uh, be more. Uh, to have a stronger presence in a situation where there was a homicide or or a self-infliction versus a natural death. And I believe that any death scene has the potential of uh, of paranormal activity. So, so yes, um, it's certainly the tragic ones. Would you say that in order to do the job you do, in some ways, psychologically, you need to believe that for all the evil you see, that there's good and that there's reason for all this evil. You feel it's necessary for you to remain stable and, and sane that having faith is the way you can get through all these difficult situations? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there is good out there. There has to be a heaven if there is a hell. But, you know, in my opinion, I believe that. And I believe that being in this industry for so long, if someone is agnostic, if someone is uh, an atheist, if if someone is uh, uh, has no religious convictions, doesn't believe in God, I feel that being in this uh, field for so long will change that individual. I, it has to, unless you're someone who is has a completely uh, is mentally ill, which this could very well turn someone into that if you're not careful, if you don't learn how to leave work at work or find a, ch- a way of channeling your frustration or channeling your uh, uh, experience at these job sites. What crime scene or situation scene, I want to always say crime, did you attend that you felt had the most evil energy ever? A, um, and I'm going to say victims, plural, of the cartel that uh, were in cahoots with, huh, oh man, I got to be really careful what I say now, and they were in cahoots with uh, uh, local law enforcement and were also practicing witchcraft. And this is, I mean, you know, this was, this was a great question. No one's ever asked me this. People always ask me the same old questions, what's the worst? But the worst energy, it would definitely had to have been um, victims of the cartel and mixed in with witchcraft and corrupt law enforcement officials. Body parts everywhere. It would be bodily fluids smeared on the wall. Ritualistic items found there. It it would be terrible. It it would be absolutely terrible. And it was extremely difficult. It's something that I can't possibly explain in words. It's uh, That's a tough one. Christian's business is crime and trauma scene cleanup, but he's got a new venture, Paranormal Contractors, where he focuses on removing unwanted entities, evil or otherwise, from any environment. With all of this, there is always the unexplained and the the things that truly make the hair at the back of your neck raise up and you get that tingly feeling. Being in the line of work that I'm in, I've seen a lot of things especially evil. I've seen it in, in, in its purest form. Uh, I really have. And with that being said, there are a lot of things that happen 
um, at these job sites and after we're finished uh, in the past. And I came up with a formula, a system, a methodology, actually, on what I feel is, from a scientific standpoint, unequivocally, undeniably effective in ensuring that no possible evil presence or any presence or any entity for that matter will occupy or reoccupy that environment. So to completely expel any entity, whether it's good or evil, whichever the case may be, any unwanted presence within an environment, whether it is your home, whether it is a condominium, an apartment, a warehouse, a castle, we have through the years uh, developed a system which consists of uh, equipment and chemicals in conjunction with different protocols and different uh, methods of applying this type of uh, system that, uh, that we developed in preventing these uh, particular anomalies or these entities from uh, coming back and completely removing them. Because it's definitely fair to say that in my opinion, and, and, and not even my opinion, from what I've seen, I mean, I've got to stop saying that, after somebody passes, they are uh, still gravitating to the environment where they passed. If someone was living in their home for X amount of years and they died of natural causes, then why wouldn't that spirit, that entity, that anomaly, whatever you want to call it, why wouldn't it gravitate back to the area that it's most comfortable to? We always gravitate to what uh, we are most comfortable with. And I believe that with the afterlife, there's no difference with that. Why would it, why would it be any different? They would gravitate back to the area that they are most comfortable with, which would be their home, where, where they live, where they resided. And if that's uh, a house or a castle or a warehouse, whichever the case may be, then, then yes. So my background is from the remediation standpoint. The investigation is certainly, uh, I'm, and I, I will admit, I will say without any reservation and with the utmost uh, confidence that I have limited uh, knowledge in the investigative aspect. But, you know, with the investigative aspect, you have so many people out there. There, there are, I don't know, hundreds, hundreds, tens of, of paranormal investigators. And, uh, you know, at one point they called themselves supernatural. Now, it's, I guess it's paranormal. It's a hot topic. So, you know, we, we certainly decided to uh, coin that term. But what, what separates what we're doing from everyone else is this. The other people, the other individuals will certainly uh, like to go and purchase their, their gadgets and their gizmos. And uh, they like to show it air on their YouTube channel go track down an EVP in the haunted location or an alleged haunted location uh, that everybody knows about. And, and this becomes dull. This becomes boring because you've had so many shows out there, which have a, they've had a lot of success uh, going out using technology in order to gather paranormal evidence. Okay, great, fine. So, you know, I'm, I'm a paranormal investigator and I decide to go out and I, I hear that uh, this particular area, this home, this house is haunted. Okay, so I'm going to go there. We're going to set up our equipment. We're going to you know, stay up all night, turn off the lights, and uh, try to record and gather some evidence. And guess what? Maybe they do. Maybe the EVP or, or the orbs that they pick up, I'm not disputing that it's, it's not real. In fact, I'm going to say that, yeah, absolutely, very well is, is the real deal. But after that information... After they've gathered that, 
after they've recovered that, they've analyzed that, they've proven it to be the real deal, whatever they've done. Now what? I mean, what makes each and every one of these individuals uh, different? They're all going after the same thing. They're all trying to track down evidence, maybe a different recording, maybe at a different location. But regardless, what do you do to fix the problem? Now what? All these people are doing is, is using technology to capture paranormal evidence. The circle is not complete. Now, where we come in is we're doing it backwards. Our background, our expertise is from a scientific remedial standpoint, a remediation standpoint in preventing and expelling any anomaly, any entity, good or evil, wanted or not wanted, if someone chooses to have that completely expelled from the environment, that's where my expertise comes in. And I'm not talking about taking holy water or burning sage or throwing holy water all over the place or using crucifixes or reading passages from any religious book. I'm talking pure science. I'm not bringing religion into this at all. I have a very irrefutable method, a methodology of system which will prevent any particular negative or positive energy from reoccupying that environment. And this is what separates us. I was um, in the presence of an individual who was the subject of an exorcism. And this particular individual was down in the U.S. and was ghost hunting, actually, of all things, and went to an alleged haunted site in the U.S., and this person believed that uh, an entity had occupied their body and had an appointment with the priest in order to uh, have an exorcism. It was at this point that I realized that my system, my methodology for remediation was working. And uh, what happened was the individual came in and uh, the way this individual was walking, you could tell there, there was something completely off and this person looked at me out of everyone else and continued to stare at me and then um, uh, went up close to the altar i was there and i just do what i always do i sat and uh minded my own business and i just observed the prayers began the books were opened and the prayers began and within 30 seconds of uh the the beginning of the exorcism you heard the loudest roar. And I'm talking a roar which clearly was not human. This was over the top. There is no way. You know, I, I wish I could have recorded this because this was definitely one for the history books, but it wouldn't have been respectful, in my opinion. The point is, is that this individual uh, that was receiving the exorcism let out this huge, monstrous roar. It was quite startling and it was uh, very disturbing. And uh, then uh, this individual started to roar more and stopped. And then maybe by around the third time, the individual's head fell back and eyes rolled up as if the person was overdosing. When the person then came back and lifted up their head again, uh, the individual looked at me directly and said to me, and I quote, stop sending them to us. And I realized at that point, whatever I was doing, I was doing the right thing. 
Christian is working behind the scenes to launch Paranormal Contractors as a show, either on his own or through a network. To stay up to date with Christian, you can find his details in our show notes at StandUpSpeakUpBlog.com. Coming up next, Christian told us that sometimes his work follows him home. He shows us what he believes is video proof in never-before-seen footage that we'll be releasing publicly. Have you ever thought, I'd love to have a podcast just like this one? Well, I can help. My name is Matt Kundal, and everyone at my company, the Sound Off Podcast Network, had a hand in making this show. Whether it was about the sound, the discoverability, or that you're just enjoying the show, we are all about the detail. If you think you have a podcast in you, reach out to me via email, matt at soundoff.network. Or check out the website and become one of the great podcasts we work with at soundoff.network. The key to change is action. That's why, at Stand Up, Speak Up Fashion, our mission is to raise awareness on issues that affect teens and young people today. Each unique design highlights social justice and human rights topics, from homelessness and drug abuse to mental health and bullying. Show the world what you stand for with Stand Up, Speak Up Fashion. A portion of every sale goes to support 3,000 acts of kindness. Read more and browse our collections at StandUpSpeakUpFashion.com. We're back on Stand Up Speak Up. Carla is talking with Christian Cadieu of Crime and Trauma Scene Cleaners. Listen as Christian shares the story of an experience where he believes some of his work followed him home and appeared while his kids were sleeping. Shortly after my marriage came to an end, I moved back in with my parents. It was the weekend that I had my children, and I was called off to a, uh, a very tragic situation involving actually a child, the death of a child. Nobody wanted to touch it because those particular cases are extremely fragile and extremely sensitive. So my mother was watching my children. I worked very late. And I came home, and uh, I went to go look and check up on my daughters. And I saw not one, but I saw multiple orbs over them. And I saw this without a camera. I saw this with my eyes. And it was nighttime, so, you know, so what could it have been a, you know, a headlights from coming into the window? Yeah, possibly. Anything's possible. But... I really paid attention to what was going on. And I sat down for a second before I decided to record it. Now, I grabbed my cell phone at the time, and I'm not a videographer, and it's extremely amateur. But the most important thing here, when you watch this, is to pay attention to the movement. Dust. People like to dismiss what I recorded, not because anyone has seen this, because no one has seen this. And... uh, Carla, I sent this to you because um, I have faith that you will certainly show this in a respectful manner. And no one has seen this. I mean, this is extremely hush-hush because it's from my own personal archive. I'm only releasing it now because of um, what I'm doing with paranormal contractors and moving forward. But this is what happens when you get involved in the crime and trauma scene cleanup industry. This stuff follows you. And does it affect your kids? Absolutely. Does it affect your family members or your loved ones? Absolutely. Does it follow you home to where you're living? Absolutely. And that video will show you unequivocally that orbs are real, that orbs are everywhere. And especially in my line of work, this happens 
all the time. I mean, all the time. And that's a perfect example of how they gravitated to my, what's normally my bedroom. But that particular day, they were hovering uh, around my children. Uh, I've never actually recorded uh, myself sleeping to see if there's any hovering around me. But you will see the way that they travel, the movement that they travel. And uh, again, there's people out there that say it might be dust uh, from an air handling system. It might be a, uh, you know, a light from a car. No way. They, it, it's, it, it's not possible. It, that's not what it was. I know what it was. I saw it. You know, certainly there's people out there that uh, love to debunk and, and whatnot. And certainly I, uh, I, I implore, I encourage, and I beseech anyone who wants to take that claim on to debunk it, certainly debunk it, do what you got to do, because I don't know what it is, but I believe that in fact it was orbs from previous job sites that I brought home with me. Now, if people who want to get into this industry, be forewarned, be forewarned that it doesn't matter what your religious convictions are. I I don't care. This has nothing to do with religion. This has to do with reality. This is unequivocal proof that these energies, these whatever they are, anomalies, entities, spirits, ghosts, or I don't care what you want to call them, but this, these types of energies will attach themselves to you and follow you home or follow you to your loved one's home or wherever you are. And this happens a lot. You can see the video for yourself and let us know your thoughts. What do the orbs look like to you? Check it out in the show notes for this episode at StandUpSpeakUpBlog.com. If you've had a paranormal experience or are having trouble with an unwanted entity, Christian has offered his services free of charge in the Ontario, Canada area. His contact information is also in the show notes. Don't go anywhere. For your bonus content today, more from Carla and Christian's talk. They discuss the possibility for a relation between mental health and possession. Christian explains why he does not allow the use of Ouija boards and tells us about the possible haunting of his own home, a former crime scene, and job site. This next one's called Devil Deer.
listening to our song choice today now for your bonus content more from carla's talk with christian do you think that aspects of mental health could be related to paranormal could be someone that hears voices or do you think it's separate that's where the scientific aspect comes with spiritual versus medical psychiatry claims that possession is nothing more than a problem with the neurotransmitters of the brain this is what psychiatry believes Religion says it's uh, demonic possession. Whatever it is, whether it's um, a a mental health issue or whether it is a problem from the other side, uh, demonic possession that has that's come into play. The fact is is that this particular individual is not a hundred percent and requires attention. And whatever, perhaps a person needs a combination of both, um, both medication. And the religious aspect, the medication aspect, I would say that uh, anything is possible. And at the end of the day, I, I wouldn't dismiss uh, anything as, as, as being an individual. You know, if I, I just didn't say that mental health is, is the, someone's hearing voices as a result of that, there could be more to it than that. Of course, I'm not an MD, so I, I can't really uh, make that, uh, make that uh, determination or that diagnosis. But anything is possible. What about if we took a Ouija board out? Would that work? You know, that's the one thing that I don't allow. I, I don't play with that. No, no Ouija board. And, and I'll tell you why. And, and I have very good reason for that. Because our most active, one of our most active and violent paranormal job sites involves us throwing out a tremendous amount of Ouija boards, tarot cards, candles, black candles. Oh, come on. You're kidding uh, me. No, I'm not. I'm not kidding. I'm telling you 100%. I mean, it was uh, in the Toronto Sun about 11, 12 years ago. I, I, I don't remember. In fact, uh, if you go to my website, you can even get the EVP recording that, that CP24 City TV that we recorded and it was by Fluke that uh, they aired uh, one of Toronto's most haunted houses. And uh, we were throwing out a lot of items that were used in ceremonial occult-based rituals. Christian Kadia's job is to clean up the toxic mess once the body's removed. The deceased was in this particular area here. The elderly woman lived alone and died of natural causes, but they swear an eerie presence still lingers in this old Victorian home. Now, on the same day the crew of six began decontaminating this home, they heard some noises, something unusual, something bizarre going on right around the corner, the top floor, the attic. One of my employees was uh, pushed by an invisible assailant. They ran down uh, screaming and crying and was really spooked out. (laughs) Four workers left 
and never came back. The remaining crew wanted evidence they weren't making things up. We had left a tape recorder and we had uh, actually, in fact, picked up noises. Noises at 3 a.m. on a hot July night. They claim nothing has been altered, but listen carefully. You can hear, help me. The house is now clean and ready for sale. Christian says he's never been this shaken in a job that's usually quite creepy. There are things that cannot be explained, and I'm here to tell you that they're very for real. Where I'm currently living right now, and uh, I, I have never told my children this, and this is the, the funniest thing, um, where I'm currently living right now is a former job site, and the last three people who lived here died under mysterious circumstances. And that is, uh, I, I, if, if there's police reports to substantiate what I'm saying, so I'm not making any of this up. Uh, so uh, what happened is, is that uh, where I'm currently living uh, is, uh, it's a beautiful place, don't get me wrong, but the last three people that resided here, they, they died under mysterious circumstances. Now, um, my children, when they come here, they, um, you know, I don't tell them anything. I would never do that. And nor would I ever, I do not want, from a paranormal contractor standpoint, I do not want to investigate my home. And everybody says to me, I'm an idiot for not doing it. I can't. I can't, Carla, I can't do it. But I'm telling you, if you were to ever come to my place, uh, and, uh, you know, if you're ever to come to my place, I'm sure... Uh, you would uh, perhaps maybe get an eerie feeling or, uh, you know, there might be uh, that whole tingly sensation in the back of uh, the hairs in the back of your neck stand up. Uh, or maybe you might see, uh, you know, a shadow figure moving very quickly down the hallway or uh, across the hallway or whatnot. And again, this is why I have uh, a priest come on uh, a few times a year to uh, bless uh, my home. Uh, sorry, my um, it's an apartment, but where I'm currently living, uh, because of uh, what has happened here, I won't investigate. I will not remediate. I will, you know. There's that whole thing that you don't you don't poop where you eat, uh, except the, you know, the bad words used. And and I'm not going to do that. I, I will not do it. My uh, my my children certainly have. Uh, you know, they they get. They have a hard time sleeping alone when they're at my place, and I'll just leave it at that. Uh, they um, and they're young; they're young, but uh, they have a hard time doing that. And uh, I've never told them why. If I told them why, they would never come to Dad's house. Thanks for listening to Stand Up Speak Up. Find show notes, our store, and more at StandUpSpeakUpBlog.com. Happy Halloween, and we'll see you next time. I'm Andrea Askowitz. And I'm Allison Langer. And we are the hosts of Writing Class Radio, a podcast. But we are so much more. We have writing classes. So if you are looking for live online classes where you can join a community, write to a prompt, get feedback, and get better, check out all our classes at writingclassradio.com. And listen to our podcast wherever you get your podcasts and at writingclassradio.com.